I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Design to Heal podcast. I am your average Jeff with Dr. Ben Rawl here. And Dr. Ben, we got a guest on the line today. We got a special guest on the yeah. line today, Jeff. You know, we, again, I think so often just because of our season of life, raising kids and trying to do it in, a, in an edifying way. And I'm always trying to learn, man, where am I messing up? Where am I dropping the ball? I have the same mm-hmm. struggles so many parents have, whether it's, you know, relationships, whether it's schooling, whether mm-hmm. it's tech, all these things. And so we have an expert on with us today. Um, she has blessed me uh, as I've been listening. I don't know her personally, but through her work, through all of her books that she's written, um, Dr. Kathy Cook, she's going to be she's on with us today. She's going to be sharing some of her expertise. But here's what was so, and then I'm going to have her let her brag on her, not let her. I'm going to make her brag on herself for a few <laughs> minutes because she's very accomplished in what she's done and what she continues to do in her mission mm-hmm. ministry, celebrating kids. But her perspective, I think sometimes we can become a little cynical. I'm saying this for myself. Mm the difficulties in parenting, mm. right? And we mm. can miss some of the joy. We can miss some of the uh, remembering how special our kids are. I listened to something she was sharing recently, and it was talking about how our kids are created in God's image, and God is good. Thus, our kids are good, you know, mm. right? Now, there's caveats to that, and there's scriptural <laughs> implications to this, but... Dad, are but, you listening? <laughs> but understand, it really, I needed to hear from her, of right? Course. She of gave course. me a different perspective on reminding me the gift that our kids are the role. Now she doesn't water it down. She's not, yeah. you know, there's responsibilities we have as parents, yeah. right? But I'm just, and I've already talked more than I wanted to talk on this show, but we're going to talk about some tech stuff today, some mm. kids, some parenting. I'm not just going to be probably asking her all the questions that I messed up in. Yeah, I love it. But uh, uh, Dr. Kathy, we're so glad to have you on. Welcome. Will you just give us a little of your background history so our listeners know who you are? Mm. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for trusting me with your valuable time and with your audience. I'm glad to be here. I am the founder of Celebrate Kids. We're based in Fort Worth, Texas, and we do a lot of uh, speaking and writing and creating of ministry products that will bless the family. We have a sidebar ministry called Ignite the Family. I believe the family was ordained by God. I don't believe that. It's biblically true. Uh, the, the family matters greatly, and we just want to support it through you know, ministry of radio and teaching and product development, the books that I write for Moody Publishers and podcasts and radio. It's just exciting to be with you guys. I I appreciate what you said about the perspective that God gave me that I can bring. I'm really, really grateful to him for trusting me with the information and the wisdom that he's given me. Will you talk about that? Because I just think, just talk to our parents. And again, I was just watching some seminars that you've done and and I've read some Mm -hmm. of your stuff, but just your, your kind of, you know, your angle or your perspective on how you would want us as parents or non-parents to see kids? What's your right. your 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 statement on that? Will you just give us yeah. some of that? Yeah, I, I love that. So um, my brother and I were raised really, really well. We come from an imperfect family with imperfect parents, but they were excellent. And my grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins. And so I began ministering to people through that grid of, I was a celebrated kid. And I want others to feel that because when you know that you're known and you know that you're wanted and you're liked and not just loved, 
You know, kids tell me all the time, Dr. Kathy, my parents have to love me. They don't have a choice, you know, but I wish they'd like me. And it matters to a child when they're known and liked and wanted. When we initiate and we say, hey, would you like to go for a bike ride? Rather than always making our kids ask us, it changes their perspective about you and about them and therefore about the present and the future. And you know what, you guys, if they don't care about today, then tomorrow doesn't matter. And then they might as well drop out of church, life, school, et cetera. Relationships. Yeah. Doc, but you, you, so there's something in there, because here's what I don't want people to misunderstand. You are not, um, when I listen to you, you're also very, this is not fluffy, um, um, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? I don't yeah. think I'm saying the right word. You're not just being like, hey, whatever your kids want to do, it doesn't matter. Just, <laughs> just say, Okay, I I love it. You know, and I'm not saying this the right way, but you 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 there's some guiding principles that we have as parents and some responsibilities. Um and I'm and again, I'm I'm not I'm searching for my words here today, but what I don't want a, a person to hear is, "Oh, just no matter what your kids do, just say that's okay." Like that's not what you're talking about. No. Yeah. No, absolutely not. In fact, they feel loved and they know they're loved when we have boundaries in place because we model that after God. God's boundaries for us are blessings because love is the motivation. So when we place boundaries in our children's lives and we say yes to some things and no to some things, they know that they matter to us and they know that we're being brave and courageous. No, they won't say that to us. They won't say, oh, thank you, Dad, you're the best. Ten years later, they might. Mm. Five years later, they might. I just talked to a young woman 20 minutes ago who was able to share with me that she did not realize how blessed she was with her family until she met others who did not have what she had growing up. So no, we have to say no to the no things and yes to the yes things. We have to parent strong and long. We parent individually. I love to say that we don't parent the herd. So know who your firstborn and your thirdborn and your fifthborn are and know how your boys react to your playfulness and how your oldest daughter reacts. And then you adjust because it's it's about teaching children and parenting children. We don't teach math and science. We teach and parent individual children, and we will make adjustments. Yeah, I could go on and on and on. I, I love that you've caught that in my teaching, you, absolutely. You reminded me of a story. My, my dad was raised in a, in a, in a tough environment where uh, with his mom, with a single mom, and this is, you know, in the 50s, and, and she was working jobs to try to, you know, take care of four boys. And I, one of his longtime friends growing up was also became a family friend of ours. And he grew up with a, a, you know, a mom and a dad that were home and together, and he needed to be home for dinner at 5 o'clock or whatever. And I remember mm. my dad telling me back in the day how his friend Ron you know, was mad that he had to get home. And I remember my dad saying how bad he wished he had to be home, right? Oh, how, yes. how he would have done anything to have... I get choked up and it's not, you know, it's just as I think about that, like, you know, sometimes the things that we see as bad or, you know, we're annoyed by them because our parents won't let us have Snapchat or whatever the scenario is, right? Yet the opposite was, and I've heard you say this, and if I'm paraphrasing it right, but I love you so much because I love you so much, right? Yes. Um, yes. I do. I am not going to let you have that sleepover. Or I, and again, this is not all about the things you can't do. Uh, there's plenty of things, of course, out there that we want our, our kids and, and stuff to experience. But that being said, Doc, will you do us, because you this is you have many areas of expertise, but one of them that you have been known for somewhat is uh, technology, right? Probably impossible mm -hmm. for you to not be involved in it just because of the times we live in. 
but you've written a book on this. Um, you've been in several movies about this. Matter of fact, there's a, a new movie that recently came out. I think you did work with with Kurt Cameron on about homeschooling. I mean, I know you guys have done other work in the past. We watched the Connect movie that you guys did years ago. Um, will you walk us through maybe your perspective on tech? Because even this was refreshing, Doc, because I Good. think people we've had about technology, it's usually something like this, right? Technology is the devil. It's going to kill everybody. We're all going to die. Uh, and if you have a screen, you're a bad parent. Right, and I'm being right. funny here, but you know what I mean. Um, and so that's probably not the reality for most people. And you do not come across that way at all. There's risks we should be aware of. There's boundaries mm-hmm. we need to understand. Um, do you mind taking us through your perspective on tech, and then giving us you kind of the five, you know, kind of cultural impacts, cultural lies you see revolving involving tech? Right. No, I'd love to. I really appreciate that. So let me let me begin, and then you know, kick it back to you and we can have a conversation. Um, But absolutely, you know, technology is here to stay. So I'm passionate about helping young people understand the difficulties so that they want to remove themselves from so much tech without even a parent, grandparent, or teacher telling them that they have to. I want people to understand that their heart is being transformed by the technology that we're using, and so is the mind. And that's what's scary. I'm not an expert on, you know, Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok, I, I'm not, I don't want to age myself and then I'll be you know, out of touch when they come up with another new thing. I'm not really passionate about that. What I'm passionate about is are the people using the devices with the screens and what it's doing to their spirit. You know, just, just last night, you guys, I met with, over Zoom, over 100 moms and their daughters. And I asked the daughters at the very beginning to tell me in the chat box what their dreams were for the future or what adjectives they'd like to be able to use to describe their future. And they were so positive, right? Peace, optimistic, you know, generosity, loved, you know, veterinarian, scuba diver. I mean, really, really fun things from 10 to 18-year-old girls. And then I taught about technology. And then I said, do you understand that if you go down this path full force with no barriers and boundaries, that those goals that you typed in the chat box 30 minutes ago may not happen? And you should have seen their faces over Zoom. They get it. And again, if they value themselves, then they don't want technology to rob them of their future or their present. So that's that's part of my passion. And that's why the five lies became, I think, evident to me because that's I, what I was looking I, for. I, I love that. I when long ago, one of my first offices I uh, was called Inspired by profession, I'm a chiropractor. So my office was called Inspired Chiropractic. And somebody mm-hmm. asked me sometime, why did I call it that? And I said, Well, cause me it's it's different than motivation. And the definitions I've heard about those is motivation is something someone makes you do. Inspiration is something somebody can't stop you from doing. Right. So it's very different from me telling my kid, don't do that, versus if my son says, I want to be a professional basketball player, right? I'm saying, well, well, hey, buddy, then five hours of tech probably isn't going to help you dribble the ball better, right? Even though you're playing right. a basketball video game. And now all of a sudden he wants to go, I'm not making it that simple, but to your point, I think helping link the behaviors that we're doing, and this is as an adult as well as a kid. I don't care if you're you know, 15 or if you're 35. This is all of us, right? You know, if, And it, it can affect all of us that way. So what are some of the cultural lies? I guess we'll just take it from the top. What's the first sure. you know, kind of implication or what does tech can tech do in our lives that you've seen? And again, you have a breadth of experience that most of us just don't get to do because you, you get to minister to kids full time. You see families thousands of families year after year. So you've got your finger on this. What are you seeing? Right. Yeah, no, thank you. So lie number one is that I am the center of my own universe. 
And if you think about that, you can probably identify people you know who believe the lie, and it might even be you, that I am the center of my own universe. You know, um, when I was a kid, I had to answer the phone because we did not even have an answering machine. <laughs> now when my phone rings, I can look at it and decide, mm. oh, I'm not in the mood. And I, and I pretend that person doesn't exist in my world. Mm. When I was a kid, I had to watch the shows my dad watched. And I, <laughs> if I wanted a song, I had to buy the whole album. And I probably played it you know, on a record player that everyone could hear me playing. And so we lived in the um, you know, accompaniment, if you will, of family and friends. Now we allow our kids to isolate onto their devices, watch what they want, listen to what they want. You know, we can Photoshop the pictures before we post them, and then we watch for the like factor. Mm. And so we can believe that we have created a world that is all about us. And this is why we are impatient and self-centered mm. and, um, and selfish and entitled and prideful and lonely. Because kids, you know what, my friend, why would a kid, why would a young adult talk to anybody? If I think I'm the center of my own world, mm. then I'm only going to talk to you if you can affirm that I'm the center but you can't because you think you're the center. So we have an epidemic of loneliness, not because of masking COVID or the quarantine. This has happened way before all that. We have young people who think they don't need anybody because they're satisfied with their own existence, and that's going to kill them. It'll kill mm. them. That's why number one. So let me, can I sit on that for just a second, Doc? Of course. Because, I mean, I think we all, we, you know, we, we jokingly say this about kiddos sometimes when they're little, right? And it's been, always, it's almost an adage, you know, long before technology, right? Kids think the world revolves around them and we kind of joke about that. But, you know, I, I just had a vision as you were talking of, you know, the, the family uh, that's traveling in their car and, you know, you're literally five people in the car all watching five different shows, right? Or mm -hmm. listening to five, mm -hmm. nobody's talking or we've all had the experience of going out to eat at it and maybe seeing a family or maybe it's your family at the dinner table. Everybody's on their own device or on their own thing. And, and, and we're, I'm not picking on tech. We're just talking about because that's the topic of today's show. But it's very real. And I, I but I think the, um, the insidiousness of that, because I think what we look at, and this almost goes into point two, I think, and I want you to, to expand on it, but we start to believe like, because it looks like, well, no, that's just convenient. Hey, what's wrong with that? Right. It's just right. we're all able to do that. It's like having five TVs. What's the problem with that? But you and I mm -hmm. all remember, I mean, I'm laughing when you said about your dad, like how many times when he's like, I'm watching the news. I'm like, watching the news? <laughs> the Cosbys are on. Like, are you trying yeah. to kill me over here? Right? And you suffered yeah. through it. You waited for him to fall asleep so you could take the remote out of their hand, you know, and, and change the channel or sneak out late at night. But I, I, we laugh about it. But, but you're right. It's been this insidious... I think, you know, evolution that is created, known or unknown, and it's like, I, whatever I want, right? And, uh, exactly. and maybe that goes into point two. It does, and then also, you know, it just allows us to live in isolation, and we were not created to mm -hmm. live in isolation. We were created to have influence and to be influential, and, and so that there, there's so many dangers of lie one, and then like you're saying, lie two is that I deserve to be happy all the time. So one of the ways that I stay, you just at like the to, you just like to rock people's worlds, huh? Like, do, do, well, do people start walking out at this point in the seminar? <laughs> no. You know what's really funny is that when I speak to, whether it's teenagers or parents and grandparents or educators, all I do is give them language for what they've seen to be true. So I'll say, hey, how many of you, you know, I deserve to be happy all the time, and just watch their faces fall when they recognize, oh my goodness, Kathy, that has been my motivation. No wonder there's sin in the camp. No wonder that I'm not persevering and I haven't taken the challenge spelling words that mom wanted me to take. Or why, you know, no wonder I haven't tried to get that promotion at work because I can't risk happy. 
right? And so all I'm doing is giving people kind of a, an awareness. And then, you know, language is really powerful. Words really matter. And so when you recognize that if you have fallen into the lie, that happiness is all that matters to you, then you can begin to change it if you want to. And let me tell you guys, this is no one's fault. It's no one's fault that they're using a device or they bought a device for someone else to use. None of us knew this would happen. So no one is bad who's listening to us, who is recognizing, oh, Kathy changed the subject. But why do we think that we can be happy all the time? Well, because all technology is now new, entertaining, easy, about me. I can win any game I play because I X out of the games I might lose which makes me weak, and all of us have done it. And then there's the reboot button. And guys, I love the reboot button. You know, if I get home to my house after traveling and the internet is out, I unplug it, wait, plug it back in, and magic happens. I think it's amazing. <laughs> but I'm old enough to know that I do not come with the reboot button. I, what I saw, I saw. What I did, I did. What I heard, I heard. And what mm. I said, I said. Mm. But a lot of young people today, I'm going to speak to young people in an hour about this very topic here in Colorado. And they will look at me and their eyes will be like deers in the headlight, if you will, when they recognize that they actually have gone through part of their life believing that, that nothing really matters because I can always start over. Well, let me but ask you, because point two, this, and I, the word I, and I have it underlined here is deserve, right? I think because you said words do matter and it, it is so, again, this word is coming kind of insidious. You know, it's like we've arrived at a place we didn't we didn't plan on being at or didn't know how we even got there. And there is this idea, and you hear it a lot in today's culture, right? This deserve or this entitlement. And and again, I just appreciate your perspective because it isn't filled with so much blame and shame. Not that there's mm -hmm. not a time and a place to own what we've done, but 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 right. you know, it doesn't it shuts down the conversation so quickly. So when I hear you say that, but but I know what you're not advocating for, Doc. You're not saying that life is doom and gloom and not no. to be happy. So do you mind just um packing that a little bit because I know that's not what you mean but you right. know right no, I, yeah yeah I, I appreciate that you're bringing that up um, absolutely Ben that's such a good point I don't believe that the opposite of that is I deserve to be unhappy the <laughs> lie is you know I deserve to be happy and the reason that that's dangerous is that we start to make decisions to stay happy which is why we're not satisfied we argue we complain again we're entitled we don't use effort we're never satisfied because something could have made me happier. I'm halfway through a movie thinking there might have been a better movie to go to. Mm. So it's a really dangerous lie. Um, the, I, what I want kids to learn and young adults to learn is how to handle their unhappiness so they don't run from it. Because if you, if you think you deserve to be happy all the time, then you're not going to process grief, shame, frustration, mm. Mm. guilt, loss, anger. You're not going to process it because it scares you. You have to stay happy. Now we have a whole bunch of people walking around who have stuffed their fear, anger, grief. They're dangerous, mm. and there will be a day, right? You know this better than I do, maybe, of the, uh, the uh, earthquake of the emotions, right? And they're going to be dangerous down the road. So there are things we can do about it. We can teach young people emotional vocabulary. We can make sure that we process difficult emotion in front of young people who we teach and parent and love and mentor so that they're not afraid of that. And you know what, what guys, we can also help young people understand that challenges have a good purpose that, you know, not that we would be unhappy in a Valley experience, but biblically we know from Romans three and other passages that our character matures and our faith grows when we walk through hard times. But why do I think there's a dropout rate from faith and a dropout rate from school and frankly, a dropout rate from life? Family, because yeah, 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 young people are doing a U-turn at the beginning of the valley, 
because they can't risk being unhappy. Mm. But how many of us, if I'm in front of an audience, including an hour from now, and I say, raise your hand if you are a better person because of a valley experience, 90% of the hands will go up. So what, why are we afraid? So are parents willing to allow their children to be unhappy? Mm, mm. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Or are parents, <laughs> right? Our parents bubble wrapping their children and not that we want our kids to suffer, suffer. But if our children do not learn how to handle hard times in the safety of our home, they may never be able to do it. Kathy, if I could ask you something on there, you bring up an, an amazing point here. And, and I want to, you know, as a, as a parent, Ben's a parent, how did we lose sight of that? That's I think that's the biggest thing that I look at is I go, man, we had pain growing up, right? And 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 we and that was a part of life. It just you had bad experiences sometimes. You had low points, you had whatever. Why did why do you think that parents kind of have fallen into this trap of trying to bubble wrap their kids and uh, you know, protect them from some of the very experiences that in many cases were the most formidable of their of their lives? <laughs> yeah, we're we're weak too, right? You know, we've been you know, the personal computer has been around for 42 years right? and the world, world wide web for 29. So a lot of parents today have had their own addiction to these lies. Mm. They've perhaps been raised without the stamina to handle the difficulties of life. And they're over a lot of our parents today are overwhelmed. I feel for them greatly. They are stressed. The culture is changing fast. All of us are exposed to pain in the world before we want to be exposed to it because we get email blasts and there's 24 hour a day news, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Yep. So there's a lot of difficult reasons for parents being overwhelmed and concerned and stressed, which might make it harder for them to walk with their children when they're stressed because they come home and frankly, they want to take their shoes off and, and rest and binge on a TV show just like a kid does. But again, mm -hmm. not ideal. So what I, what I hope we're doing is empowering people to recognize what's unhealthy and choose to, you know, step out and do something different because we're worth it. Hmm. I think that's what, again, just always, I don't know, you've just been anointed, I think, Doc, with a, with mm, a, with a way of you. sharing this stuff that doesn't feel, um, th listen, again, right, there's a time and a place for conviction, time and a place for, right? I mean, fire and brimstone, <laughs> yeah. like I get it, right? And then there's a time for us to all just go, okay, okay, um, what, what can we do better, right? And, and like you said, I say this a lot from my perspective in healthcare, which is, um, you know, God created our bodies, designed his likeness and image, you know, temples of the Holy Spirit. Like, there is a, a piece of this that a way we can serve our God and worship is by caring for what he gave for us, right? And it's not a big Absolutely. leap to say the same thing about our children. Now, uh, it, to that line that I've heard you use before, saying, I, I love you so much that I'm going mm -hmm. to, right? So whether it's—so I'm not— I, when I'm, you know, we restricting, you know, a video game or restricting a social media platform or restricting a technology, whatever the example is, it could be other things as well. I'm not doing that because I'm mad at you. I'm not doing that to to, to wreck your life. I'm not doing that uh, because uh, we're, you know, a dorky family, you know, or whatever, you know, those things. <laughs> um, it's actually because I love you. Right now, Absolutely. to your point, though, we we have to mirror that, and I'm I'm public enemy number one in that in my family, and I have every justification and excuse that other people use. Right, I need it for my business, I need it for my you know whatever I do. But there's no there's no doubt that that you know one of the biggest things. So please, even for our listeners, you know I know we're we're beating up a little bit on our on our youngsters here in technology, but I, I think you as you just stated, a lot of it is our own issues that we need to wake up mm -hmm. to, right? And we can be you can be 45 years old and be addicted to your technology, and that doesn't and that's going to have the same effects, right? The center of your universe, I deserve to be happy all the time. And right into point three, which again, I think is another one that just kind of pulls the rug out from under you. What's, what's number three? I must have choices. 
Oh, come on now. Hey, What's wrong yeah. with that? Yeah. Sorry. You know, that's sorry. You know, again, one of the ways that we stay at the center of our own universe and we stay happy all the time is to make our own choices. And again, this is no one's fault. Just look at how many apps you have on your phone. And the things that we use have drop-down menus, right? You open almost anything, your camera, your banking website, ESPN.com, you know, your website, you know, it's all drop-down menu. There's tabs that you click on and then you look at all the options. And so those of us who are older, we know that choice is a privilege. Young people think it's their right and it's not their fault. I would be like Mm. them if I was their Mm -hmm. age. Mm -hmm. So I would be always looking for another choice. This is why hard choices, this is why big choices are hard. You know, because if I date him, I probably can't date him. (laughs) And, you know, if I go to that college, I can't go to that college. And if I major in accounting, I can't major in art. Is that FOMO? Is that what they call fear of missing out? Is that the acronym part of that? Oh, that's really interesting because most people would say fear of missing out is relational. And you're right. But, you know, it's fear of missing out in general. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I can't choose this because then I can't choose that. So this is why we have potentially young adults sitting on mom and dad's couch, twiddling their thumbs. And it's not that they're incapable of more, they're overwhelmed Mm. and they're choosing for happiness. They've never been an accountant. Will they be happy? They've never gone on vacation to that part. Will it make them happy? And Mm. so if happiness is the goal, then choice becomes, you know, paralyzing. So one of the things that we can do is teach them how to make better choices, you know, and limit choices when we can. We don't need 2000 TV stations. And we don't need millions of songs available to us on Spotify or iTunes. We can make some limits, especially when our children are young or if we're listening as adults and we're overwhelmed, we can limit ourselves so that we're not so overwhelmed. And then you know what? We can teach people how to make choices based on better parameters than happy unhappy. So, so Kathy, if I'm understanding you correctly, I think that what you're advocating for is the return of mixtapes and Walkmans. Is that right? Is, am I hearing you correctly on that? I love it. Okay. Love it. You know, it's yeah. so funny you say that because I, I, I think of even just the choices of, of music and all of that kind of stuff and just how, Ben, did you ever do that? Did you ever have like the, you know, the Walkman thing, you compared stuff with your friends and you would share mixtapes yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, now yeah. it's like a million songs. I mean, guys, even can we just stop for a second and just the concept that you can literally get on a phone app right now and literally have any fast food, right. any whatever delivered yeah. to you, what in like fifteen minutes or less? Used you to know? only be pizza. I, it, right. I, I, I'm exactly. thinking, of, I'm thinking of choices right now, and I'm going, man. Uh-huh. There was no choices in our house growing up. I give my mom the hardest time. She knows, like, I love my mom. My mom made a meatloaf that was like it wasn't to die for, like you would die. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'll say that Uh-oh. to her face right there. But the thing was, is we had to eat it. So my mm. kids, I literally, I was at my mom's house the other day. She was making it for my dad because my dad loves it. That's why I got made, right? So uh. I said, "Hey, mom, slice me off a piece of that meatloaf. I'm taking it home to the kids because I want them to know what I had to experience growing up, right?" <laughs> and my kids are, my kids are trying to run for me. Dad, we're not touching that. We're not doing whatever. That got it actually blew up in my face because my youngest actually liked the meatloaf. But point was, there was no choice to call the the delivery company. Right. You don't eat it, you starve. Right. That's. I mean. Right. That's, you, I, right. I, you know, I'm thinking about that idea, and I and I think because we say, you know, you've obviously spent time writing these these you know five things out and giving a lot of thought to it. I think mm-hmm. what happens is, like you said, you give words to things we didn't know how to say. What I what mm-hmm. it sounds like often is, what do I want to do? 
Now, we don't really think we're saying what's going to make me happy, what's going to make my taste buds explode. We think it's more, uh, we don't take it as serious as that. Mm -hmm. But we're really basically saying is moment to moment, what is going to make me the happiest? Mm -hmm. And because, and I'm just, it's kind of just hitting me as I'm listening to you because right away he says, well, what, what is wrong with having choices? Well, to your point, or not to put words in your mouth, when it's infinite and we're all often being upsold by, you know, the media or whatever you want, you know, whatever, use your example, right? I'm not happy. Maybe I want to get the, the new Tesla or the new house or the new right. boyfriend or the new school or the new this or the new that. Um, or And by the way, if you're chasing that, and I think what we've seen happen so much quickly here in the last few years with culture is culture got turned on its head in many ways, uh, certainly from a, a biblical worldview, and people that were trying to chase the world got really upended, right? Like they their North Star disappeared some at some way, right? Because culture was getting rocked. COVID mm. did this to a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Challenged some of our our systems, some of our our laziness, even I would say, right. And so um, there was a great study you might know about it, Doc. It was in one of the books I think written by Milgram and Milgram's old famous experiments, right. And he had, but one of them was um, they they took out uh, they went to a grocery store and they put like uh, two types of jam for sale, like strawberry and blueberry or something, right. Mm-hmm. And then on the other table they put like. 20 choices. I don't remember, but a lot, right? Mm, like 15 right, or 20. Right, right. And they found that they sold way more when there was only two choices. Yeah. Because the other one people just looked at and said, I don't know where to start, right? It's exactly. too much. Yeah. And so to your you know, again, not to your point, but we this plethora, this endless choices in front of us, which has been delivered to us as isn't that great, has actually been paralyzing, maybe defeating, and certainly stressful to a lot of people. Is that a fair assessment? It's a really well-stated assessment, absolutely. And what I would add to what the two of you are saying is, for the believers who are listening, let's look at what it does in our relationship to God. If I think I'm the center of my own universe, then I don't need God. If I think I have a right to be happy all the time, then if there is a God, it is his responsibility to make me and keep me happy. Mm. So we treat God like he works like Amazon Prime. And that's not biblical. And then we think we deserve choice. Well, God does give us choice. He gives us free will. But then he also says in the holy, accurate, transforming, relevant word of God that he is the way and the truth and the life. And this is why we have the mess that we have. We have people angry and arguing and they don't even know why. Mm. But they're demanding choice and they're unable and unwilling to see the blessing of the truth of the choices they have. And this is why kids are arguing and this is why kids are disobedient. This is why parents are struggling. This is why we have mental health crisis. This is why we have waiting lists with all of our therapists and our counselors because we're not able to stand up to them and say, enough already, go to bed. And again, that's beyond the scope of this mm-hmm. phone call. But we can teach, or this radio interview, we can teach people how to be obedient, especially when we understand why they can't be. Then we, we splice and dice it and we teach them truth and we teach them gratefulness and joy and and those will combat these lies of entitled happiness. Well, Kathy, number four. Well, wait, 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 oh, real yeah, quick, ahead, Kathy, yeah. if I could extension too, because I want to really bring this close to home for some for some folks on this. You know, you talked about this idea of when we're in that state that we don't need God. You know, or we have the attitude that we don't need God, and uh, because yeah. we have everything we need right within ourselves. Well, and if we're I do need Him, His job in my life is to make me happy. So when He doesn't, well, He's now agrees, I'm just mad right? at him. I mean, yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. You know, and, and I want and, a refund. <laughs> that's yeah. right. But yeah. what I was going to say is. 
I, I, I work in the marriage space and work with families and everything, and, and I would say mm. that that very phenomenon then happens in the families too. Self-sufficiency leads you to yep. be unable to be able to connect and be interdependent with with a marriage spouse. So no wonder the marriages are crumbling and families are crumbling these days for the same reason, right? So you know, Absolutely. so somebody's listening to this right now and going, well, I still go to church. I need God and all this kind of stuff. How are you doing in your family right now? Maybe that's a litmus test for somebody. Are you in this state? So I just wanted yeah. to I wanted to drop that in there because I think that's it's a very relevant point to this. Well, well and, I appreciate you know, I appreciate that. No, and let me say again, it's no one's fault. It, it is what it is. It's in the air we breathe. We understand now why the temptation is. Mm-hmm. This is what we're addicted to. Again, I would I would back up and say respectfully, we're not addicted to our phones. We're addicted to the adrenaline drop that happens when the phone sings and bangs or we're playing a game and we're about to win. Mm-hmm. But I think we're addicted to the lie of being happy, being in charge, mm-hmm. being the center and having mm-hmm. choice. And when people take that away, our our adrenaline, right, the spirit, you guys, the medical side of this is, is immensely important. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying this. Yeah, you want to do lie number four? It's well, hang on, people. I got one more for you too, Kathy. I want to ask you on this one. If you ever heard, just as a side note, you know, when you're speaking to teenagers, I have heard of this generation of kids labeling themselves something as like the test generation or some variation of that phrase in reference to the technology that we've handed them because we handed them these devices not knowing whether or not they were safe. Have you ever heard right. them speak of that way or heard any kind of conversation to that end? They will sometimes talk to me about that they are angry, that they were kind of the guinea pigs and that it's no one seems able to switch, you know, make a switch, do a U-turn, if you will. And I'll say to them, well, do it for yourself. Yeah, you can, you yeah. can be the agent of change in your family. It's a good word. You can go home from something I've taught you and you can ask your dad to go to his banking website and his research website when you're in bed, not when you're awake, which is valuable, you know, intimate times with your dad. That's a good word. Yeah. yeah right. Number number yeah. four, man, and these do such a good <laughs> job of... Ben's keeping us on track well, here. No, we're be here all day. <laughs> man, we, we could and we should, but respect know, for everybody here. But, I know it. Um, this, and I think number four is another just dagger that... Again, I, when I listen to these, I'm getting as much out of this. Again, I want people to understand we are not picking on kids today. I mean, I got my 15 year old no. daughter. She's going to be listening to this, and she's probably going, "Are you listening, Dad?" Mm-hmm. Right? Um, <laughs> Mine you know, too. like yeah. you just said. And so yeah. there is, but this this next one is certainly, and I and I appreciate you saying, Kathy. You know, Doc. You know, on either side of this, like you know, as a person of faith, as a believer, uh, there's certain implications that 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 some people you know are going to understand. But, and if you're not a believer, there's still a lot of relevancy here, right? Because you're still seeking oh, yeah. to try to understand how to navigate in this world. And a lot of those same things happen that I that I um, certainly there's some people that would be challenged by the, some of these concepts. But number four to me gets to the heart of the issue. Um, so yeah, will you let right. us know what's going on? Number four. Right. Line number four is I am my own authority. So this is obviously another reason that young people and older people are pushing back and arguing and demanding their own way. But again, it makes sense, right? If I think I'm the center of my own universe and I must be happy and I must have choice, then I have to be my own authority. If I let my mom tell me what time it's, it is to go to bed, then I'm not in charge. I might not be happy. I don't have choice, and I'm not my own authority. And so when I look at corporate dysfunction, when What's I look at... What's that old at, saying? You can't tell me what to do. I'm <laughs> not old yeah, saying, right? yeah. you know, Who are you? Yeah, no, it's... It, it really... So there's a... I mean, it, again, it's, it's a really challenging issue. The convenience of technology, right? Like when I was a young person, if I had a question, I had to go find my mom or my dad. And they were present because they were not distracted by their own devices. Now, if a kid is in his room, it's easier for him to ask Siri on the phone. 
the question of the day rather than going to find dad or mom. So one of the most important things for us to do as a family is to be present to each other in the same room with our devices down uh, many times during the evening hours or on a Saturday, Sunday when we're available um, because we want to, I mean, the tech, tech is convenient. It's amazing. We can learn a lot. We can do a lot together, but it's dangerous if our kids think that they don't need us. One of the reasons that they think they might as well be their own authority is that there are authority failures left, right, and center. They're everywhere in the church, in the school, in the government, in the community, in the family, right? In the media. Now, when I was young, I didn't know that because we didn't have Twitter and 24-hour-a-day entertainment, quote-unquote, news. So I thought the world was good and God was good. But our children today, our young people today, before they are developmentally ready to handle dysfunction, see it before their eyes. They hear about the murders, Mm. right? They see the divorce. They see the lie. They see the hypocrisy and the lack of integrity, Mm. whether it's politics, church, you know, the parent, government, education, the family unit. And so they're like, well, I might as well be in charge of myself and I might as well be my own authority. There are so many standards. I I said to a kid a while back, you know, if you act on that temptation, it would be sin. It's not my opinion. That's what the Holy Word teaches. He looked right at me and without blinking, he said, I can go find me a church with a different Bible. And he can. And so because there's no standard anymore of right and wrong, that's consistently adhered to, it's challenging. And this is why, whether you're listening as a corporate person or a family person or a church leader, it's very, very, very challenging. But we can do better, and we can say to our young people and to ourselves, now I understand why I debate, now I understand why I argue, now I understand why I don't want to be told what to do, but I am better than this, and I am worth learning how to be obedient, and I can do it. Don't you think? And I and I and I, I mean, so powerful number. And this this next one we're getting into, but I, I a number four. And if I do think I'm, what I've found over the last bit is in this information overload. You hear about this, right? We 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 still, um, even though we have access to a lot of quote information, a lot of different things, um, I would still say that there is a lot of unexamined thoughts. There is still a lot of, you know, when I hear, you know, maybe it's no different than any generation before. I don't know. I've only you know my own experience, but it just seems like there is, you know, people talking about really heavy, heavy issues, right? Like uh, there's a lot going on in this world right now, racism and, you know, or not, not going on, but stuff that's, you know, really active in our, in our nation, in our world. And there's these young people, uh, or or not others, that are you know shared you know twenty memes or a social media echo chamber that really conditions their heart, and they don't really, and I mean this lovingly, but don't really know what they're talking about, right? But they feel, mm-hmm. since they believe they're their own authority, they feel that they're literally what they feel or what they think is the gospel. And I don't, I'm using gospel as air quotes, right? Meaning yes. like their truth. You even hear that language used, my truth. And then it becomes very contentious. And I think if we're going to remove ourselves from reality, if we're going to remove ourselves from a right and wrong situation, 
it's a race to the bottom at that point. Now, it's uncomfortable mm. to hear that right now, right? Because those are almost, I mean, just the words that we're even talking on this, this today's podcast could be considered hate speech to some, right? The fact that we would right. say there's a truth, the fact that we would talk about a biblical worldview, for some people mm. is just too much. Um, mm. But I think if, if we can't be open to that reality or understand the, the limitations of that reality, and we think we're all our own authority, uh, we've got, we're in trouble, you know? I always talk to yes. my patients. I say, I, a lot of times I greet my patients. I always, I always call them doctor. I you know, you know, no matter what, I say doctor. You know, Doctor Bob, Doctor Jeff, and they always tease me. Say, I'm not a doctor. I said, listen. You have to understand, you know, the greatest doctor in the world lives inside of you, right? Who's beating mm. your heart? Who's breathing your lungs right now? That's not you. That's not the doctor down the street. That's not the pharmacy, right? That's God that's mm. doing that, right? Mm. The Holy Spirit, Jehovah Rapha, there's a healer, okay? And and, and, but I, and I share that with them to encourage them, right? So they're not handing their health off to somebody else. So they're not, you know, thinking that there's some victim that's left at the mercy of the world. And until there's some breakthrough, pill, potion, lotion, or shot, there's nothing that they can do. And I would just simply want to encourage them that like you said, they're doing better than they think they are, right? Their heart beats while they sleep. It breathes their young. They have trillions of cells in their body that right now are communicating and healing and, you know, killing germs and all those things. And that's amazing and to be celebrated. But instead, yes. we live in fear of the bug that's going to get me, right? The bad guy out there, the boogeyman. And I'm not saying this to get political. I just mean we. there's so much richness and so much perspective that we lose once we limit ourselves to I am the authority, which I think brings us right into point number five. Right, man. Well stated. Uh, number five is that information is all I need, so I don't need teachers. So I don't need teachers is another authority lie. I don't need a teacher, a coach, a piano teacher, a parent, a pastor, a priest, or a rabbi. I don't need anyone in authority over me. Why? Because information's all I need, and that is easy to find. They believe this lie, or we believe this lie, because information's everywhere. We get text alerts and email blasts and a crawl across the bottom of the screen, and you can Google it, and search engines are amazing. In most public schools, they test way too often, so children believe that information is what will change them, but that's not true. Wisdom is what we must seek. It's what we were created for. It's what we crave, which is why information will never satisfy us, so we will always be like the dribble in the cage looking for yet one more data point. Mm. We are, you know, a data generation. We have what's called the Google effect, which is we know it and then we immediately don't know it mm. because we don't process anything. We stay at the surface level. It's going to kill the productivity of our whole country if we're not careful. I don't say that lightly. Of course, the whole world is dealing with this. But we have got to get better at digging deep and being willing to work and persevere even though it won't um, keep us happy because information will not change us. Opinions are highly valued. Nothing wrong with your opinion. But back in the day, we allowed people to have their opinion. And now we bully people into changing their opinion mm. because my information is most important because I am the center and I have to be happy. So I depend upon you to agree with me so that I'm happy. And that's my choice. I mean, it's messy, right? Mm. All the five lies connect. And this one, you know, if, if I look again at the community of believers, you know, God did not come to give us a sound bite. And, and we have to be really careful. Mm -hmm. I mean, ver verses out of context. And right. I'm going to, I might make some people really uncomfortable, but I'm going to say what I say everywhere I go. If you read one verse on an app at a red light, you have not had quiet time. <laughs> and, and I don't, 
I don't say that lightly. But I mean, if you take a picture of that and share that on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. You, you, know. <laughs> if you, you know, God's word teaches okay, us. That, stop now. All right. Now you're getting oh close God. to home here. <laughs> when we when we turn to God and, and we're, when we're thankful and we ask him to meet our needs, peace is the result of that. If we share a prayer request on social media, but we don't pray. Mm. If we turn our requests over to the world and not to the one who created it, it's it's a mess. And again, this is you know beyond the scope of this podcast. But you know, this information saturated society is dangerous. And I bet people listening are going, "Oh yeah, right, Kathy," because we're we're getting fired because we haven't dug deep. We're dropping out of school because we haven't dug deep. We're not relationally healthy with our family because we're not digging deep into what would really minister hope to them. We're all satisfied to be at the Google level, mm. first first hit of the search engine. And it's not what we were created for. And this is why, again, I've said that a lot today, and I appreciate you guys listening. I think one of the reasons that so many people are discouraged and stressed and overwhelmed and maybe anxious is that they know that they're created for more than this. Mm. They're not satisfied. And what we've done today, I hope, is giving them a way out because if they believe these are lies, then they can begin to change their behavior and change their beliefs and rise up and rise out and change themselves and therefore also change the people they love. Amen. Would you would, would you mind as we wind this down, because I know uh, we had to talk about these things, do you have a few best practices. I know that every family is unique. I know, right? We know that every age is different and all that. So I'm not asking you to say, you know, when to get of this and when to do that. But do you just have for somewhere or, or a couple of, of next steps regarding mm-hmm. technology, things that you've seen be successful for families that are maybe uh, deep in the struggle, listen to today's call and said, holy smokes, I need to get a grip on mm-hmm. some of this stuff for myself, for my family. Right. Any just uh, general thoughts? I'm not asking you to counsel over the airwaves, but just some advice. No, no, I, I appreciate that a lot. Believe it or not, the first thing I would say is we have to be quiet more often. We have to get the pause out of our ears. We have to turn down the devices. We have to have quiet in the car so someone will talk. No, nothing to watch at the dinner table so somebody will talk. The art of the conversation is where values are trans- values are passed on and life is learned together. And when we're quiet, wisdom rises. When we have, we might be busy, but when we're quiet, we have aha ideas. And we have generations of people afraid of their own thoughts. And it's going to kill them one day. They will not be able to live on purpose according to God's design just simply because they were never able to learn to be silent. So one of the first applications I would love for individuals and families to consider is less noise in the car, less noise in the house, more conversation. Another suggestion, believe it or not, it's not hard to implement, especially if you're listening as parents, is to keep alternatives visible in your home. We are addicted to the adrenaline drop and we are addicted to these lies. So put out a checkerboard on the the kitchen table and put out a Sudoku book and a coloring book and you know, a, a football at the back door. And, you know, a friend of mine, in fact, my executive director, he and his wife took the door off of their game closet and exchanged it with a plexiglass see-through door. So now when you walk by, all the children see all the games they could be playing because out of sight, out of mind. But we can do better by having those family times, jigsaw puzzles, etc. I think that's advice that many people have 
taken to heart and been benefiting from. And then there's certainly, uh, you know, no devices at the dinner table, as you were saying before, no devices at the restaurant would be ideal. And then let me close it out with yeah. this um, service. When we serve together, all five lies can be eradicated through service. We get our eyes off of ourselves. We're not necessarily happy. We don't have choice. We do what we're told. We're not in charge. And, you know, we need wisdom in order to love people well. And when you serve as a family or as a, a unit of people, you learn a lot about each other. A kid learns about a dad when you go to the homeless shelter together and your nine-year-old watches you humble yourself and serve. And so service, and we have, we have time. We have time. We need to make time. We all have time. It's just a matter of what we do with our time. But I'll, I'll close out my part, unless you have a follow-up question, by saying, you know, let's get our eyes off of ourselves and let's serve uh, our community, let's serve our family unit, and let's serve beyond the family if we can. Yeah. Um, well, I certainly don't have uh, anything to add. I think that one of the words you used earlier was um, that what we're really looking for, what really changes uh, the world and changes hearts is, is wisdom. Right. Um, yeah. We think about right Solomon. We think about the, you know, what was asked for. We think about what we all strive for. I think is is not just knowledge. Isn't just uh, regurgitating facts. It's wisdom. And I think the time we've had today and listening to you, it's wisdom, right? Because I you just feel it when you hear something you know is true. Right, and even though we mm -hmm. joked a little bit today about you know this or this idea now that's going around my truth and relative, relative everything's relative and all that, I think no matter where you land on the spectrum of faith and otherwise, you just listen to some of this today and you know it's true. You know that we're to be together. We know that we're supposed to be in relationship, not only with each other but with God. There's there's just something that you can never separate. Right? It's like when when the word that talks about like nobody can say they've never seen me if they've seen the if they've seen my creation. Right? There's no excuse for any. Like we just right. there's something about that when we're in relationship. So we're so thankful. How you are super busy. We hear that. I mean, my goodness, you're all over the place. How do people follow your work? You're very generous with your materials. I saw a lot of your things free online. Right? Just YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. and even you getting yeah. on with us today. How do people follow your work? What are some of the books you've written? How do Because I just think somebody's going to listen to this and go, holy smokes, I need to, I need to get on this train for a bit and, and get my, <laughs> my house in order. What's your best uh, suggestions there? Or, you know, I know um, you speak a lot. If there's people that are listening to this that want to bring you into their church or bring you into their, their group. Right. Yeah, thank you so much. So our website is celebratekids.com, celebratekids.com. And there is a form that people can fill out there and um, a member of my staff will follow through whether you have an uh, invitation to possibly speak or questions about what we do. We are, of course, all over social media. You can follow us at um, Celebrate Kids Inc. at Facebook and Instagram. We have a newsletter that we send out every Friday, and you can register for that at our website. And that's short because everyone's busy, but it's a way to kind of keep in touch. We have our podcast, which is uh, Celebrate Kids with Dr. Kathy. I'd love to have people follow that. Um, my books are on uh, our website and, of course, many other uh, online and, and bookstores as well. My last name, which you probably tell people, is spelled K-O-C-H. So if you go to a, um, an online distributor, you're going to want to search for Kathy Cook, K-O-C-H. The book that we've based this particular podcast episode on is called Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. And what's the newest one you just wrote? Well, I've written one about resiliency. It's called Resilient Kids, em Help Them Embrace Life with Confidence. It will be out in August. Beautiful. And if you do begin to follow us on social media or subscribe to our newsletter, we are putting together a launch team. You'll have early access to the book, and you could help us launch the book. And I would love to see some of your listeners choose to join us with that. 
resilient kids helping, you know, helping to not bubble wrap them. Well, Kathy, we have been so blessed by your time today. Thank you for your work and your life's work and, uh, and, and what you're doing for families. Some of this stuff, I don't think we get to see. Uh, in my world, in, in, in healthcare, we often call them silent miracles, meaning the things that mm-hmm. we, we don't get to maybe see on this side, but I think sometime we'll get to be exposed to maybe the impact and influence by uh, walking out the call that God, God had on our lives and doing that diligently. And so I know that you are going to have uh, a lot of those amazing stories and things that are going to listen to this podcast, people you'll never meet, you'll never meet in person, but you mm. had a direct impact on their life. So thank you for blessing us with your time today. Safe travels. Talk soon. Well, yeah, thank you. And, and I'm going to put in a plug that you're not expecting, but I am a huge fan of chiropractic care. Ah, I could not do what I do. I fly every week. Mm. I could not do what I do if I did not have a fabulous chiropractor who uh, ministers to me with his his life, really, and all the skills and all the alternative health. I'm really, really grateful for your profession. Amen to that. Feel the same way. Yeah. Take care. God bless, Doc. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.